The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Right now, we are happy to be joined by the editor-in-chief over at Arrowhead Pride, the Plaid Prince, Pete Sweeney. Pete, how you doing, man? I'm good. I, I thought it was going to be somewhat of a calm before the storm as we head into the no, NFL draft no. on Thursday night, and the day really picked up uh, out, of, out of nowhere, kind of. Let's just start with this. What's your reaction to the trade? I think the Chiefs today, as a football team and as a defense, are certainly better. Uh, from a pure football perspective, I really, really, really like the move. I think you heard from countless draft analysts as the draft becomes more and more of this NFL offseason thing. That when you get to number 29, I know Therese was saying this a lot uh, on Sixton Sports Radio, it's really tough to find a starter at any position. The Chiefs got a starter probably for the next three to five years today, depending on how the guaranteed money shakes out, so on and so forth. I think he's a better fit than a D Ford or a Justin Houston. If you notice, there's a certain type of player that Steve Spagnolo really likes. This guy's a bigger player. He's effective and he plays really hard. Um, I think there are some question marks off the field. I, I mentioned in a tweet. It's hard for the Chiefs who, you know, I think dating back to the Dorsey days and Andy Reid and some of the things they have in, in their facility about, you know, win with character, so on and so forth. It's hard for them to continue to looking you in the face and saying, oh, we are seeking out high quality, high character players. As I've seen from fans, some uh, do agree with that point. Others are just looking for dogs who can win the Super Bowl. If you know, if you're pure, from a pure football standpoint, I think this was a great move because, again, you just never know what you're getting even in the first round of the NFL draft. But there are those question marks. I'm at the point when it comes to the off the field stuff that, like, sometimes I feel like it's screaming in the wind that like NFL teams have just made a choice that they they just don't really care about that stuff. So, like, right. I always struggle with how much should we care about this and talk about it, just given the fact that NFL teams don't. My biggest thing is. It doesn't make sense to me to cut Kareem Hunt to then do this six months later. You should have just kept Kareem Hunt on the team, let the NFL deal with it, put him on the commissioner's list, and just kept him on your roster this whole time. It just seems if you balance out what's happened over the last six to eight months, why cut Kareem Hunt to then bring in another player with quote-unquote questionable character or character issues? Right, and I think the standpoint is in the details, and they didn't really ever say they cut Kareem Hunt for the incident. As a matter of fact, Clark Hunt went on, record and said he knew about each incident and they maintained him on the team it was the fact that he had lied to them about the details of a specific incident i look at Do you believe that though peter was it more the video 
I, I, I would, I would think that it's more of a combination of the whole situation. I don't think that Hunt was honest with them. He admitted that he wasn't. Uh, you know, I've heard in the past the one of the worst things you could do as an Andy Reid player is lie to him, and you're going to be probably off the team. And I think we saw that happen. I think there's probably a little bit of that in the Tyreek Hill situation. Like Tyreek probably learned from his buddy Kareem, hey. If there's anything I need to do, it's be honest with whatever has happened, and I'm sure he has been, which is why he's still on this football team. But the ultimate message is, and for better or for worse, and you as a fan have the right to decide this, the Chiefs don't care about character issues. They give everyone second chances. Andy Reid's give plenty of second chances. Uh, uh, this this guy in particular, Frank Clark, was um, uh, convicted for a felon for a home, in, home invasion. Um, he was connected with and arrested and kicked off a football team for domestic violence. He then scolded a reporter about it, saying, go clean my fish tank. This is not generally like a good dude. Did he make the football team better today? For sure he did. And, and so you as a fan have to decide what's important. Let's talk about it from a football perspective and maybe a team-building standpoint because I firmly believe that the Chiefs today said yes to Frank Clark and no to Tyreek Hill. I do not think that Tyree Kill is going to be on the team past the next two seasons at the absolute most. I think they've said yes, obviously, to Mahomes. They are going to say yes to Chris Jones. They just said yes to Frank Clark. I just don't think there's enough money long-term to pay Tyree Kill. Do you agree? Yeah, my understanding, even before this Frank Clark move was made today, and this just further confirms and affirms it, is that this was the last year of Tyree Kill in Kansas City. I think the Chiefs probably viewed this incident and whatever comes with it as a manageable thing, but there's no way in hell Clark Hunt is going to sign this wide receiver to one of the most richest contracts in NFL history. What about franchise tagging him? What about him playing out the rest of this season and franchise tagging him? I think they get through the situation, and I think they said to Tyreek Hill at the beginning of this, you need to stay clean because we're taking a risk here. He didn't do that. I think they let him walk and then reap the benefits of that third round pick you'll get as a compensatory pick. Because let's be honest, this is the NFL, as you were kind of alluding to, CDOT, where you're definitely 100% going to have him on a team. So the Chiefs will get a third round pick back for that. And as you see with the Patriots, it's probably the right trend to go in. They have 12 picks this year and can really improve their team. Or you just franchise tag Tyree Kill and then you trade him the same way that Seattle just did with Frank Clark. Uh, also, yeah, I know that's another possibility as well. Would you have made the move today that the Chiefs made for Frank Clark? I probably have different viewpoints about, again, I don't want to continue to harp on these off-the-field things. I I would take that probably a little bit more into consideration from a pure football standpoint, 100%. I, I think, you know, Adam Teicher, I saw of ESPN, put it the best. I mean, they traded, what was it, a, a first-rounder and, and D Ford, essentially, for Frank Clark, who is a way better fit, probably will stay a lot healthier than Ford was able to historically. And the Chiefs are a better football team t- today. And we've been talking about all offseason – Chiefs defense doesn't need to be outstanding. They just need to be pretty good, and the Chiefs should win most football games. They're pretty good now. How, and, how, much, more do you believe, more how much more do you believe in Frank Clark than you did in D Ford? Because essentially what they did is paid him an extra $15 million and traded each other. I don't think it's necessarily what I believe. I believe that Steve Spagnolo thinks that his defense is more effective with this player than D Ford would have been, and I think that's what mattered here. I think that's why Frank Clark is here and D Ford is not. Right now, we're talking to Pete Sweeney. He is the editor-in-chief over at Arrowhead Pride. We had this stat today. You can post it if you'd like. In terms of trading for established veteran players, over the last 25 years, the Chiefs have only done it three times. They traded for Joe Montana. They did it for Trent Green. And today, they did it for Frank Clark. In terms of uh, in terms of an organization and the, the symbolism of the move for Brett Veach, what would you say today's trade means? 
I mean, this is the biggest move of Brett Veach's GM career, right? Because, you know, you look at the Patrick Mahomes things, and I know everyone will say he was heavily involved with that. He didn't make the pick. And th- that was in another article this morning where John Dorsey, it was the SI article with Jenny Vrentis, where John Dorsey explained how he orchestrated the trade and how he was worried that the Chargers might take Patrick Mahomes. That wasn't Brett Veach's pick. This is the move that'll either get you to the Super Bowl or won't. And this was kind of been the push, and I think this was finally the cherry on top of an offseason where he said, okay, Steve, you're here now. You're here to save the defense. What do I have to go and get for you? And I think this was finally a player, again, with Tyron Matthew, and I think Frank Clark is finally the, the biggest piece. And the reason why it's bigger than Matthew is because you, you signed Matthew. You didn't have to give away your draft picks. You traded a first-rounder today. You know what I mean? And, and again, there are other picks involved. There's the money involved. But a first-rounder, it, it, that's high equity in the National Football League. So it's, a, it's saying, say, I have confidence in Frank Clark to get us there to a place that the defense couldn't get to last year. So this is a signature move. Let's see how it turns out. Now when does it make sense to start spending some of those picks on the offensive side? Because I was going to be pissed off if they would have spent their first-round pick on Hollywood Brown or anybody on that side of the ball. Now does it make sense maybe to spend as early as one of those two second-round picks on that side of the ball? I think you certainly see them spend one of those picks on offense. I, I, I would guess that one is in the secondary and one is either a wide receiver and People are, I think, underrating a little bit how much Andy Reid values that second tight end. If there's a if there's a good tight end, it's a good tight end draft that the Chiefs don't think will be there the next time they pick. I think I could see them going with a tight end as well. I'm just happy that the Chiefs are seizing the moment. We made this point to start the show. We've seen a blueprint in the NFL where if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, these are the kind of moves you make. If you got Baker Mayfield, you go get Odell Beckham. If you have Mitch Trubisky, you go get Khalil Mack. And the Chiefs are so much further ahead of both those teams. I mean, the 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 references that you point out to are spot on, but think about how much further the Chiefs are ahead of both the Browns and the Bears. It's not even close. Yeah, I agree with you, and that's what I'm saying is they have the biggest financial advantage that you could possibly have in the NFL with having Mahomes on this contract. You needed to be aggressive and go get something that you felt like you absolutely needed. And Veach, you were, you, you were on the teleconference when he's talking about having draft capital, he's talking about having cap space. That's exactly what they use to get a player who I think can be a top 15 defensive player, top 10 defensive player uh, in the league. This is one of the most high-value high years for a player in the history of professional sports. You have the MVP of a 23-year-old on his rookie contract. You're barely paying him anything. 100%, you have to go for it this year. And this move says this is it. I mean, they can say win now all they want. This just proves, okay, we don't care about anything off the field. We don't care what it looks like. Because at the end of the day, they're correct. And, and if the Chiefs go on and win a Super Bowl, there's not a lot of people in Kansas City who are going to be like, yeah, but you didn't do what good guys. No, you won a championship. Right now, we're talking to Pete Sweeney. He's the editor-in-chief over at Arrowhead Pride. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll give you a chance to win a pair of Royals tickets, so go ahead and keep it locked in. I want to talk to Pete about why they chose Frank Clark over D4. We'll have that conversation next. Coming up, is The Drive. The Drive. 610 Sports Radio. Right now, we are joined by Pete Sweeney, the Plaid Prince, editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride. Here's John Fox former NFL head coach. He's confused by what the Chiefs did today. I'm a little confused why they let go, let D Ford go and now go get Frank Clark. I'm not sure how that went about, but no doubt after, you know, parting ways with Houston as well as losing D Ford, uh, this is a no-brainer for me. I think even with the money, uh, you know, you're not finding that guy, especially late in this year's draft. I think that D Ford is a good player. I think that Frank Clark has a chance to be an elite player. So it makes sense to me. We were just talking about this like right before you got in. 
I don't think the Chiefs were ever going to pay D Ford. I don't think there was a scenario in which they were ever going to tie themselves long term. I don't even know if he was going to come back on the one year franchise tag. The Chiefs, I think, made it very clear that they didn't believe in D Ford and that they were ready to move on. They obviously today sent the complete opposite message with Frank Clark. You can't pay a guy with back injury history along, or you can't give him a long-term deal. And D Ford missing games and not being 100% healthy over the years. Again, the six games in 2017 does stick out. You can't give that guy a long-term deal. I think at best it could have been a franchise tag. I was That was the only question I, I had with, with the Chiefs this offseason. I understood every other move. I even understood releasing Justin Houston, obviously. I understood releasing Eric Berry. Uh, trading D Ford and not really having an edge player to replace him, an elite level edge player, made little sense to me. Now that this move has come down, I think getting rid of D Ford for what you did makes sense. Yeah, I just I I, I just look at the move and I just I look at Frank Clark and I think about his his projection, his ceiling, and what he can be. I mean, we had Albert Breer on yesterday. Thought he was a top five pass rusher in the NFL. We he better Mike be. Salt. The only guys who are getting more money are Aaron Donald on the defensive side and Khalil Mack. That's it. End he, of list. I mean, he got paid like he's Demarcus Lawrence. I think Demarcus Lawrence is maybe a little bit better than him, but I think he's a guy that you can pencil in at a floor of at least nine sacks for the next three seasons, and that's just a floor of it. I think he can be a guy that consistently gets you 10, 11, 12 sacks a year, plus uh, plus can be really stout against the run and available. That's just a more reliable piece to have than D4. Right, and I think there's a point to be made that, okay, so you have the Dallas Cowboys and Demarcus Lawrence, right? So they're making that contract. It's a little different when we, like we talked about, we have that window now where Mahomes is on his rookie deal still. Yeah. So maybe you're overpaying a little bit, but if you truly in your heart of hearts say, okay, paying him this level of money is the difference between winning a Super Bowl and not. Is there really an amount of money that you can't maybe curb a little bit and say, okay, we'll we'll do a little bit more money because we believe this guy is the difference. If that leads to a Super Bowl next year, no one is going to blink at this contract. How much better overall do you think this move makes the defense today? CDOT says as good as 12th. I'm not going quite that high. I think they could go as high as maybe oh, I don't know, 17 or 18. And to me, for a team that lost all four regular season games last year by a combined 17 points, if you can just be middle of the pack when it comes to defense, you could be close to unbeatable. Well, it all comes down to Steve Spagnuolo and and his scheme and and what he learned in his year off of football. I think this 4-3 thing with the Chiefs, I've said it and people have called me crazy. I think it's been in the works for a while. You look at Steve Spagnuolo, he hasn't taken a year off of football since like 1980. So he just took a year off last year, not knowing that a job would be opening up. That seems a little bit unlikely to me. Brett Veach has gone as far as to say Breland Speaks is a 4-3 end. That's where he fits. So why did you draft him with your top pick last year if you didn't know you were going to a 4-3 defense? I think this move in particular, to me, and again, you're talking about Frank Clark versus D Ford. One of the articles we have in our, our KC draft guide, which the guys did a tremendous job with, is defensive end fits for Steve Spagnolo. Some of the takeaways that Lane had, and you could still get this draft guide before uh, Thursday night, Friday night, um, this weekend, uh, is... He likes defensive ends that are 6'3 or taller, 260 pounds to 279 pounds, an arm length of 33 inches or longer, uh, good chest with heavy, uh, 22 bench pre- press reps or more, explosiveness, agilities, and speed testing, no discernible trends. D Ford does not fit the 6'3 or taller, 260 to 279. Frank Clark does. It was a better fit for what Steve Spagnola likes to do. This is an edge rusher who's explosive, who can set an edge. I think they just like the player better for what Steve Spagnola offers in his scheme. 
Right now, we're talking to Pete Sweeney, the Plaid Prince, over at Arrowhead Pride. Obviously, I don't think anyone can predict who they're going to draft at 61 and 63. Where would you like for them to target? What would you still say they need? Because BK is convinced they're going offense. Bink is convinced that they're going offense in the second round. I still look at this team as maybe being one corner short, and I hear about how deep corner is in the second round. That's why I'd love for them to go with at least one of those two picks. See, my point is a little bit different on this, and again, you have to see where, again, these like the GMs like to say it, but it's true, where the draft board falls because the value kind of has to be there. But if I'm looking at, okay, we throw the draft board out the window, and I think of what this team needs, I look at the cornerback position, and you have a guy, Kendall Fuller, you have Bashad Breeland, you have a guy, Javarius Ward, you're a lot you like. Your two starting safeties right now are Tyron Matthew, and Dan Sorensen. And a lot of people say, but what about Jordan Lucas? Okay, what about Jordan Lucas? We still don't really know what Jordan Lucas is. To me, there's a bigger need at safety position when you miss out on Earl Thomas than there may be a cornerback. And so I would like to see the Chiefs target a, a, a safety and then a cornerback they have with upside. Any chance at all that they would trade back into the draft? We know they don't have a first-round pick, but they do have a couple of second-round picks. I think that Brett Veach, and he said it a little bit in his press conference the other day, felt like this free agency and now with this move the Clark move a cherry on top I think he really feels okay with the team as is so I think they'll stick to their chart with the value so on and so forth he wants to be a little bit more balanced when it comes to being passive is what he said so if the value isn't there and say for example they have these two second round picks and they think they can get uh, a player and a, a player with upside an impact player later in the draft perhaps but uh, again it 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 would. I'd be hard. I. I think if I'm betting on it, I'd bet they use both of these second round picks. Would you have said that even before this Frank Clark deal, that heading into this year was going to be the most anticipated Chiefs season, at least since you've been a fan and working for Airhead Pride, and this just makes it tenfold what it was before? Oh, 100 percent. And and it's just because I think a lot of Chiefs fans look at that game and they say we were. Or we missed out on Coin the, flip. on the Super Bowl by a well even so, but we missed out on the Super Bowl by a step. You know, it, it relates to today because it was D Ford being offsides. You know, the play happened on the other side of the field. The Chiefs had the game in their hands. You go to the NFL films. I think it was Jordan Lucas who said to one of the play, Patriots players after that play, "Yo, man, good game." So. You were headed to the Super Bowl, so you just needed an adjustment, and I think a lot of fans realized that. I think even before this move, a lot of fans out there felt, okay, this could be the year, and this kind of only magnifies that. Two more questions for you, Pete, and we'll get you out of here. Who would you say that the trade today is worse for? Because I've already thought that Tano wasn't going to be on the team. I think it is now signed, sealed, and delivered. Bad day for Tano. Bad, bad day for Tano. I just don't know what his role is on this roster. You think about it, all the pieces that they have been really aggressive in, aside from Tyra Matthew, have all been the same position as he is. He wasn't drafted by Brett Veach. I don't think Tano's on this team. Tano reminds me on the defensive side of the football, and again, he was picked higher than than the project that was Demetrius Harris, but Demetrius Harris. And we saw that John Dorsey went and got his guy when he became available. And I think but perhaps he'll be interested in maybe moving a late pick for Tano Pass. And, you know, whether that makes sense for the Chiefs remains to be seen. But I bet you it's not we're not too far off from Tano Passanio being a Brown at some point here. Again, you guys are you nailed it on the head. This was never Brett Veach's guy. It still isn't Brett Veach's guy as much as the Chiefs want to say it is. And, and I'm, I'm sure that there's a desire for John Dorsey to go and get his guy. Last question here fully understanding that there is a big asterisk attached to this because of what's going to happen with Tyree Kill. In your mind, has this been the ideal offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm thinking of all the moves, and now they've added up as we are days from the NFL draft. I can't really see how their offseason could be much better given everything that's happened, aside from Tyree Kill. 
Right. I, I, I agree with you. And I, like, it, like if you're remove, removing Tyreek Hill, you remove all the off the field issues. And I think 100 um, percent. And even to an extent, if you want to just, again, take away all the details, which is hard to do, it's probably better off that this situation happened with Tyreek Hill because now you got out of a situation where you're paying him long term. There's a little bit of that with the Kareem Hunt situation, as hard as it is to like really grasp that situation. So you think about it. They had to get rid of Eric Berry because that became such an issue and a distraction and he just couldn't play anymore. And they brought in a leader. They brought in Bashad Breeland, who felt that he could actually be a starter in this league with a true offseason, which is what he's going to get now. A lot of role players. You finally got that edge rusher who's a better fit than any of the guys like D. Ford or Justin Houston would have been. Well, what did you have to do? You really needed to improve your defense. They did that. They feel like they have all their holes fit ahead of the NFL draft, which is where exactly where you want to be if you're an NFL executive. That is our guy, Pete Sweeney. He is the editor-in-chief over at Arrowhead Pride. I call him the Plaid Prince, but today he's wearing a jumpsuit. Thanks for coming in today, man. I got to follow in Joel Thorman's footsteps. You, know you got to.